the South Florida Bulls Radio Network pregame show, presented by Florida Blue, begins now. Let's go! On your 24-7 home for South Florida sports, Bulls Unlimited. Right up the middle into the end zone. Touchdown, South Florida! To get you ready for today's action, here's the voice of the Bulls, Jim Lauk. Welcome to Bowling Green, Kentucky in the start of a brand new season of South Florida football. Today it's the Bulls against the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. Got a beautiful day in central Kentucky. Sunny skies, warm temperatures, upper 80s, low 90s. First time the Bulls have played here since 2009. And the last time regularly scheduled to play the Hilltoppers, they'll try to get even for the last time the teams met. That was in Miami, 2015, the Miami Beach Bowl, when the Hilltoppers beat South Florida 45 to 35. Well, there's a lot going on today. Almost 50 new faces on the South Florida active roster. Obviously, a new head coach in Alex Golish. And a lot of interesting personnel wrinkles that the guys in Tampa will get you up to date on as the pregame continues today. But we will start off the top by answering one question that Bulls fans have been wondering about for the past few days. Who's going to quarterback this team today? It's going to be Byram Brown. He will be the starting quarterback for South Florida. Bryce Archie will be the backup. Gary Bohannon still has shoulder issues, is not ready to return to the field yet, so it will be Brown to start in this first game of 2023. Byron Brown, who put up big numbers in his first two career starts in the final two games of 2022. So much more on that coming up. And all the information you need to get you ready for kickoff about 90 minutes away from Bowling Green. Sam Barrington is here. Joey Johnston as well. We're ready to go from game site. We're also ready to go from Tampa. Here's Jim Lighthall and Derek Sharp. All right. Thank you very much, Jim. We are live inside Amelie Arena, set to go for another football season, the 27th for the South Florida Bulls. Derek, good to sit alongside you again as we got 90 minutes of pregame for the opener finally. It feels kind of like we were just here, but a few things have changed since we returned, and uh, it was good to get that question answered out of the way. Yeah, the breaking news right out of the gate, Byron Brown will get the start. When you look back at this team last year that went 1-11, offense wasn't really a problem at the tail end of the year. They were scoring a lot of points. They weren't stopping many people, and today we'll find out if that defense improved because you better have your defense in order against a Western Kentucky team. Wait until you guys hear what now back for a third stint Kevin Patrick as the D-line coach and the new D coordinator Todd Orlando has to say in about 20 minutes on our pregame show about that. It, it, we don't have elephants in the room here. We just have a bunch of equipment around here now that I'm looking in our room at Amelie Arena. Uh, but we'll address that. The team has addressed it. Alex Golish is actually – you could just feel everything's going to be different. I guess we'll find out how different today. Tough opponent, though. Yeah, for sure. With Western Kentucky, they're a team that won nine games a year ago. Uh, they were picked first in Conference USA in the preseason. They have a dynamic offense. They have a great quarterback. And for Alex Golish, so much is centered around the offense because he's an offensive guy coming from Tennessee. we got to find out if this defense can play today. Now, we got to say... Western Kentucky was picked first in the Conference USA because uh, the five teams that would have been picked ahead of them all went to a different <laughs> league. Okay, just kidding. Maybe two of them. UTSA and North Texas specifically yeah. because that, that they're on the bowl schedule now. But 100%, you've got a guy that, and mind you, in this Western Kentucky offense, he threw for 1,400 yards less than the guy that he took over for, and that still led the country last year. They were a prolific passing team. Yeah, back-to-back -back years they've led the nation in passing. We'll see if the Bulls can slow them down today. Uh, boy, we have a lot to get to here in a 90-minute pregame. We'll get you back up to Bowling Green, Kentucky. Uh, Sam and Joey will chime in, get crazy a little bit later on. That's not going anywhere. We'll look at what's going to happen with personnel, some injuries that uh, have hindered this club in camp. We'll carry over into the opener as well. And one 
potential starting cornerback that has a torn ACL that yep. has not been announced yet. We'll get there in just a little bit. Yeah, so a lot coming up. Uh, we've done without football for 40 weekends, Derek. It's time to get going again here as the Bulls get ready to take on Western Kentucky. We'll send you back to Bowling Green, Kentucky. We'll also get this date in USF history as well as a lot more when we come back. This is the pregame show on Bulls Unlimited. This is the home of the Bulls. Welcome back to the pregame show. Jim Lighthall with you as USF gets ready to take on Western Kentucky. Eighth meeting all-time. Bulls lead the series 4-3, and in fact, they've won four of the last five. Let's get the mood for you. Back up in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Time to introduce Joey Johnston, who will be, in the si or be on the sidelines throughout the course of the season yet again. Joey? Jim, thank you. Good to be here in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Both teams are warming up. USF in its warm-up gear, going through its stretching, uh, pretty low-key stuff. Nobody in the house just yet, so kind of the lull before the storm as Jim Lauk opened the broadcast with uh, the weather. It is a little bit warm, but not Tampa warm. It's warm without humidity, so I think we'll be able to survive down on the field. So we are uh, some time away from, from game time, but you can already tell the emotions are starting to percolate. College football is back. And so for these two teams, they obviously know each other very well. Uh, Western Kentucky, however, plays in Conference USA. Now the Bulls are in the American. Joey, these two teams have a history. And talking about history, tell us about it, something about this date in USF history. Well, I'm going to, right off the bat, Jim, I'm going to cheat just a little bit. Today, I believe, is September 2nd, if, if I have my wits <laughs> about me. And there are a couple of September 2nd games, but I'm going to go one day later to September 3rd because I can't resist it. September We're going to change the date, the, the name of this segment yeah, to almost the, on this date. Almost this <laughs> yeah. date. And, I, yeah. and, and as I tell you the game, you'll understand why. Uh, 2011, September 3rd. USF goes into Notre Dame and wins 23-20, to 20, one of the most memorable games in USF history with uh, Leroy Selman in the hospital back in Tampa and all the emotions uh, surrounding that. The Bulls go in to South Bend and pull the upset in a crazy day for weather with two weather delays. Sam Barrington was in the game at linebacker. The Bulls played exceptionally well. B.J. Daniels was the quarterback, and they hold on to beat the Fighting Irish and begin the season with a 1-0 mark that went to 4-0 that season. So certainly a day to remember, a big day to remember. We're going we're gonna to officially observe it tomorrow. But for the purposes of our broadcast, we're observing it right now, Jim. <laughs> uh, great, great one there, even though it wasn't September 2nd. Two things about that game real quick. Number one, uh, Notre Dame just turned it over in the red zone again just a second ago. <laughs> and number two, if I, memory serves me correct, our broadcast was almost nine hours that day from the time it, that we went on pregame to the time we finally signed off. Yes, every anecdote you had, you emptied the, the tank. <laughs> yes. Everything. You talked about something your mother told you about football 30 years ago. Yeah, you used that that day. It was, it was pretty crazy. I, uh, I was working for the Tampa Tribune, and I was actually at St. Joseph's Hospital right outside Lewis Elman's hospital room, and I watched the game in the waiting room and watched the whole thing. And uh, it, was, it was a pretty amazing day, all things considered, and certainly a red-letter day in the history of USF football. That's good stuff there, uh, and I will say this. I, I had a chance to stand with Leroy Selman on the dry run at Raymond James Stadium just like a week earlier, and little did we all know at that point. But, man, looking back on it, I'm so glad that I got that time with him then. Uh, thank you, Joey. We'll get back to you a little bit later on in the broadcast as well. Time to get around the horn. So, yeah. Derek? First of all, he definitely has leeway to go a little bit uh, a day or two off this date in Bulls history. I mean, what is he going to wait until the first time we are actually playing uh, on September 3rd before he pulled that out of the hat? There's no guarantees in life. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm just saying this off the top of my head, but we might have played Drake that day in the first season, and I don't know how much <laughs> we're going to go into that game. So when we say this day in USF history, we really mean roughly. Around this day. Around this week in yeah. USF history. Uh, this is when we go around the horns on our pregame show for a couple minutes, tell you what's going on elsewhere in South Florida sports. And last night was a busy one yesterday, really, with volleyball playing two at home and men's soccer at night it was a rough one for the men's soccer team a third straight two nothing defeat to begin the season we did that broadcast live on bulls unlimited if you're tuned in for football you're tuned into the right place but we don't just do football we do 
Uh, Bulls beat with some guy named Derek Sharp three days a week. Bulls speed ahead with Michael Kelly on Tuesdays and a brand new coaches show called Bullseye that will debut this Thursday. We also do play-by-play of every sport you can dream of. Jim Lighthall, men's basketball, yours truly women's basketball, but during the fall we also bring you soccer and volleyball. And the volleyball squad had a very interesting day. Dropped the first set to Idaho State, but then roared to a four-set victory. Maria Andrade had 21 kills and a double-double. Last night they lost, but to a very talented FGCU team in four sets where they were down two set two match points in the third, forced a fourth before losing. Today they're trying to make it a two-in-one weekend against the other team that lost to FGCU and defeated Idaho State. That's Mercer. So this is kind of really the swing match for the Bulls. And so far, they're off to a good start, up 12-7 to in the first yet that's set that is going on right now at the Yingling Center. Tomorrow, it is women's soccer facing a big-time challenge, going to Tallahassee to play Florida State. We won't have a broadcast of that one. Next weekend starts an amazing set of matches for men's soccer. They're playing two top-10 teams, Clemson, and Indiana. And again, we'll have broadcast live on your TuneIn app on Bulls Unlimited. We are going to welcome in, in our next segment, Sam Barrington. We'll wrap up this first half hour heard exclusively on Bulls Unlimited with our now famous Get Crazy segment with our crazy predictions, hence the title, which are always wrong. We'll also hear from Joey Johnston and Amaris Brown as well. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. This is the South Florida Bulls Radio Network. Derek Sharp back at Amelie Arena. We'll go back to Kentucky, bring in Joey and Sam in about five minutes from now with our famous Get Crazy segment. And stay tuned for an interview that Joey had earlier in the week that you're going to want to hear. This is our Heard That segment where we heard up some great audio. This is about a minute, and we said there's no elephants in the room. The defense was a problem last year. It was ranked last in the country. So in order, get ready to hear, uh, first of all, Todd Orlando, the new defensive coordinator, on if he uses that as motivation. And then Kevin Patrick with uh, just a couple of very quality, mild profanities. I think you can use it to an extent. Then you become numb to it. So I think we probably fired a couple shots across the bow when we first got here. You know what I'm saying? And it was more or less it went down to was like, if like you're a prima donna and you're on part of that defense, like, like, like really? You know what I'm saying? It's like you're not going to work hard and you are part of that. Like this is the way that we're going to work and these, this was the results. You know, you came in and they were the 85 Bears. You could have a little bit, like, leniency towards it. But, like, that's probably to the extent. And we've gotten away from that because, to me, when you start doing that, it's like, okay, you've taken me to this level. Why are we even talking about that? It's a waste of time. Like, get me to the next level and let's keep moving forward. You know, people say things to me all the time. I don't want them to be them. If I, the only thing I want, we talk about getting back to the old ways, is being tough and violent and being the toughest, most violent people out there, that's what we want to be. Not to be the George Salvies, the Aaron Lynch, Jason Pierre-Pauls. You know, let's be the best version of ourselves. And, and really getting back to the, how the culture was before, we will step across that line and play anybody and swing with everybody. That's what we've got to get it back to. We can't recreate something that happened in the past. We can just be the best versions of ourselves and, and just hold on to that DNA of being tough son of bitches and really coming out there. When somebody lines up across us, they know it's going to be a long damn day for themselves. And those are your new leaders as far as the coaching staff on the defensive line. One of the leaders definitely on the defense had a chance to catch up to Joey Johnston earlier in the week. Morris, Western Kentucky is known for throwing the ball. They've got a returning quarterback, a lot of skilled players. How fired up are you for the challenge of playing a team like that? And what do you guys have to do to, to have success? Um, Joey, I would say uh, I'm, I'm super excited. You know, I'm super fired up, you know, for the opportunity. You know, now we are playing a team that likes to throw the ball. And honestly, uh, in order to be successful, you know, we just we just got to be disciplined with our eyes and our feet and our keys and, uh, and everything should be good in the passing game. You're starting on the road. Uh, do you like road games? Do you like going into the hostile environment and, and, and trying to thrive in, in that sort of situation? Yeah, I actually like road games uh, better just because, you know, you're already the underdog when you're the away team. You know what I'm saying? You kind of naturally become that underdog. So uh, I kind of like it, you know, putting the pressure against you, being a good, you know, being on their sideline, guarding their receivers, they talking to you in your ear. Like, I like that kind of stuff, so it don't, it don't faze me. So you have started this journey with Coach Golish back in the spring, even before the spring, about eight months of work, and now you finally play a game. 
What has the process been like as Coach Golish has taken over this program and gotten you guys to this point? How much you have you changed, and, and how do you think the team has gotten better? As a whole, overall, I feel like we've all changed. Uh, mindset, you know, just the way we approach things, I feel like we've all, you know, developed, you know, the, the process that, you know, a coach would want, you know, from their players. And uh, I feel like Coach Golish and his staff, they did a good job, you know, from the first day when they got here of, you know, implementing that, hey, this is how things going to be ran. You know, if you don't like it, you can leave. If not, you know what I'm saying, we're going we're gonna to ride it out. So I feel like he did a good job of, Basically putting that foot down, setting setting the standard immediately, you know, allowing us to to follow it leading up to this point, uh, you know, in order to have us prepared for the game. So obviously, if you can win today against Western Kentucky, it would be a big moment for USF's program. We'd be one and zero. How big would it be for the mindset of everyone if you're able to come out of here with a victory? Uh, I feel like it would be um, a major deal. Honestly, uh, I feel like it'll. Uh, I feel like guys have confidence, but I feel like we leave that game one and zero. It would continue to build confidence, you know, for other guys on the team who might have not had that same confidence going into game one. You know what I'm saying? So, I feel like just overall, you know, winning that game is the most important thing right now to us as a team. So you transferred in from Kansas State. You played a full season last year, and now you're back again with the Bulls. Could you describe your role on this team as? as a leader and as an example setter for not only your secondary, but, but your whole defense? I would say uh, I just try to do my best, you know, as showing the young guys in my room and, and other guys, you know, around the team, you know, how things are supposed to be done, you know, the, the way that we do things here. And honestly, trying to get them adjusted, you know, to, to what Coach Goldis is preaching about, you know, as far as the process and everything. Being that, you know, they're young guys coming from high school and stuff like that. So that's where me being a leader comes in and, and showing them, you know, this is how coach wants things to be done rather than doing my own thing. And they think, oh, okay, that's cool if he do that, you know, so I could do that too. So one more question for USF cornerback, Amaris Brown. Amaris, we're, we're in the final hours before the opener, USF and Western Kentucky. As a player, as the game gets closer, you're on the field, you're warming up, you're in the locker room. How do you prepare? What's your mind like? And how do you kind of get yourself ready to get on that field and start the season? I just kind of got to stop and just think to myself. Uh, I just put my music on, put my headphones in, honestly, and I just lock in. Uh, I just kind of clear my mind, try not to think about anything else, anything else rather than, you know, that game that we're about to go play. Um, I just try to keep as many distractions out of my head as possible and just lock in on, you know, what I got to do for that day. All right, that's Amaris Brown. Two yeah. interceptions last season, led the team, 26 tackles. Looking forward to a lot of big things out of him uh, coming up in that secondary, Derek. Uh, this is a guy that's going to be a leader on the team. Needs to be. Uh, we kind of hinted at it earlier. We'll go ahead and say it. Uh, ben Knox, love the guy. Was waiting for him to have the opportunity to get on the field a lot more. ACL, not going to play. Uh, that's probably for the, the season, yeah. Yeah, that's probably the deepest part on the team. That's the good news, but uh, yeah. He's not going to be making any plays, and, and he had sort of very subtly and quietly become one of the leaders on the team, but A.B. Uh, definitely is. Hey, we got a lot of leaders on our team, I tell you what, and it's time to get crazy. Uh, I don't know if Joey Johnson and Sam Barrington are pull, fully in get-crazy mode. Like they better be. We're tilt, an hour away from kickoff. Full tilt crazy today, uh, but uh, if you guys are just tuning in, this will be the third year we've done this. We end the Bulls Unlimited exclusive portion of the pregame with our craziest predictions that we can think of. Now, they have to be things that can actually happen, but it can't be like, you know, the Bulls are going to win the coin toss. It's got to be a little bit more risky. So uh, That's been tried, I think, at some point. <laughs> absolutely. So let's see if uh, – are those guys not available? No? I think we might have dropped. So, okay. Uh, okay. Well, oh, there they, oh are. there they are. Okay, good. Uh, Jim, you ready to go first, or you want no, to send to the stadium? No, I would prefer to go last, honestly. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, who, which of you guys wants to get crazy first, or let's get crazy the most right now? Well, first of all, I want to question Jim about his going last tactic. <laughs> what, what is that about? Right? We, we, this is the first game out of the box, and you're already pulling that type of stuff. Yeah, what is that about? pulling rank, Sam. <laughs> Hey, Sam, right. it's hey, great you know to hear what? your voice. You, you bring it up. It. Let's go. You start. I respect it. You start. I, I Preach. respect it, Jim. <laughs> Listen, man, I miss you guys so much. This is going to be a great year. <laughs> I want to see the Bulls just get off to a great start today. I want to see whatever quarterback we're going to see take this first snap, I want to see that guy go over 300 yards today. Nobody's Whoa. expecting these receivers to do anything. 
You got two guys who left and are playing at a different school. So guess what? This receiving room, I think they got chips on their shoulders. I think they're going to come out and have a great day today. That's my get crazy. 300 yards yeah. for Byron Brown? Yeah. Are you? 300. Oh, all right. Okay. I love it. And you said it right, too. 300. <laughs> J Joey Johnston, what do you got? You can. Okay, cool. Uh, my get crazy is a freshman will score twice for USF today. What? And I'm going to leave it with the mystery of the illusion. Who is that freshman going to be? I'm not going to tell you right now. I know, but I'm not going to tell you right now. Well, it's kind of a magic so This is not Joey's first rodeo. That doesn't work for me. He knows how to me. give a crazy prediction, but he can't get pinned down on it. That, I love exactly. this. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So, uh, a child will lead them, as, as once was said. Uh, we're going to see that here at Western Kentucky. I'm looking at their depth chart. There's no way you're going to be. Hey, you could be right. I, I think I know who you're talking about I, now. I have a, a mystery, a mystery freshman, nope, a mystery nope. freshman. I know who you're talking about is he might be number 88. All right. Wow, you spoiler. I got you. I got you. Yeah. All right, Derek, yeah. what do you got? Just a, just a feeling. All right. Number 88. With that in mind, I'm going to go with a prediction that Bryce Archie is going to have a rushing touchdown today. He is good at running the ball. They have maybe a package or two for that. If you see him in a goal line situation, he's getting six, and I'm getting right on Get Crazy. Listen, we all got off to a slow start last year in Get Crazy. I mean, it A turtle just heard that and said, what are you talking about? <laughs> I think it took us to like week six or seven or eight before anybody got one right. Um, I'm going to have mine right on the opening kickoff because I'm predicting that USF gets a kick return for a touchdown, and here's the reason why. This is not just I'm pulling this out of left field. Former Tampa Bay Buccaneer Michael Spurlock, who had the first return for a touchdown for the Bucks after 1,865 tries in Buccaneer history, Good golly. coaches for Western Kentucky. There you go. Therefore, the Bulls will take that mojo, take that juju, and they'll run one back for a touchdown. That's Go crazy. all the way. The Bulls will get a score on the opening kick. Over all right, top. that's our Get Crazy. Another hour of pregame when we return. It's been 40 weeks since the Bulls have taken the field in a regular season game. But for the South Florida football program, it has been anything but an off-season. What will be our identity and how will we get there? With Coach Golish, he's an elite recruiter. Nobody works harder. Thank you. Beyond humble and grateful to be a freaking bull. This is a transformational facility. Think about how people are going to come into this facility and see the possibilities. We're going to win, right? This is not just about having the ability to practice football and lacrosse and sports indoors. This is a momentum game. Just got done with a meeting this morning about the on-campus stadium and the football complex there. What's reinvigorating is the commitment of everybody to go be elite. Add to that a dramatically different roster with more than 50 new players. There's a new offensive and defensive philosophy as well. The Bulls will play fast when they have the ball and concentrate on taking the ball away on defense. It's the first game as a head coach for Alex Golish. He says he's ready, and so are his Bulls. It'll be fun. They're all really, really important. Whether this one's different probably is, uh, just from a role standpoint. But I think my whole career as I've taken on new roles and just kind of grown and continued to go. And my biggest job is to let our guys play really fast and, and not screw them up. So that's my mentality going into it. Today, it's time to get our first look at what he and his staff have built in the last few months. It's a tough challenge on the road and against a prolific offense in Western Kentucky. Wait no more. The 27th season of Bulls football is here. The Bulls and Western Kentucky next on the South Florida Bulls Radio Network. This is the South Florida Bulls Radio Network pregame show. Presented by Florida Blue. Rolling to the right. Keeps it, runs it, he's got the first down and more. Breaks the tackle, he's going all the way. Touchdown, South Florida. We're 60 minutes from kickoff. To get you ready for today's action, you'll hear from former Bulls linebacker Sam Barrington, Vice President of Athletics Michael Kelly, Offensive and Defensive Coordinators Joel Gordon and Todd Orlando. 
We'll tell you how the Bulls can make victory possible with USF Health. And, of course, get the final pregame thoughts from head coach Alex Golish. Back of the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. Bulls take the lead. To kick things off, here's the voice of the Bulls, Jim Lauk on 102.5 The Bulls. Welcome to Bowling Green, Kentucky. It's South Florida versus Western Kentucky and the official beginning of season number 27 of South Florida football. Sunny and hot. Great day for football. We're looking forward to it. Have been for a while. Sam Barrington joins me. Sam, the big story in the last hour, the confirmation that Byron Brown will be the quarterback today for South Florida. We saw him in four games last year couple of games where he just got a handful of snaps but two pretty dynamic starts at the end of last season looked really great and poised for a freshman what does he bring to the table this year you know I think the most important thing that he brings to the table Jim outside of so many of the good things that we can talk about with Byron is momentum you look at all the things that transpired this offseason. Where's the carryover? Where is something that's familiar from last year? And he's the guy that makes fans, and, and, and maybe I'm speaking for Sam Barrington only, but he, he gives you a glimpse of hope because this is a new coach. This is a new staff. A ton of guys departed, and you got a ton of new guys. Now, Western Kentucky has a ton of new guys as well. But when you talk about this team, this unit, what's familiar from last year, what gives you hope, Byron Brown? He's so poised. We talked about it last year. He's not only poised. You can't just celebrate him for being poised as a freshman. He performed well against a good defensive unit in, the, in, in multiple games last year. So I'm super excited to watch him compete. And I know his guys are excited to line up with him in the lineup today. This is not an easy task to start the season for the Bulls. Western Kentucky has a terrific offense. They rack up a lot of points and a lot of touchdowns. And defensively, well, they led the nation in takeaways last year. Add to that being on the road for the first game for this young team, Sam. This isn't going to be easy today. You know, it's not It's not going to be easy, but where are champions birthed? They're birthed in times of trials and tribulations, and I think this is a great opportunity for this team to come and show uh, America, come and show Tampa Bay who, who they are as a unit. Last time USF came here was in 2009. Now, granted, it was an entirely different team back then, different coach, whatever the case may be. But I remember coming into this environment, small stadium, but it lights up, and these fans are very passionate about the game of football here in Kentucky. So it'll be a prime opportunity for this team. I know these guys are excited. Everybody around the program has talked so much about how this team looks different from last year. They're polished. They're doing the small things the right way, and that's the start of a great season. Countdown is on. Less than 60 minutes to go. Our pregame is presented by Florida Blue. Much more to come. We'll continue from Tampa with Jim Lighthall and Derek Sharp after this time out on the South Florida Bulls radio network. Welcome back to our network studios here inside Emily Arena. Jim Lighthall, Derek Sharp with you, kicking things off at 3.30 this afternoon. It is the season opener for the South Florida Bulls taking on the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. We will hear from offensive coordinator, new offensive coordinator, Joel Gordon, coming up in just a bit. But, Derek, time now for our Florida Lottery game outlook. And we have a lot to cover here in a short <laughs> amount of time. Uh, we got the whole offseason to get to, and then uh, what's going to happen today as well. Yeah, well, Byron Brown is the start because if you guys weren't with us at the start, he is the starting quarterback, and that isn't all to do with actual skill set, although he has plenty of it and showed it. Just flashing back to what he did at Tulsa against UCF last season. But Gary Brahan still doesn't have that shoulder quite right yet. I think he could play an emergency, but they've got other options. So that's not the only interesting personnel development we have today to tell people about. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk about the running back room and how deep and talented that is. Well, they're going to have to do without one guy today. And this is by choice. Kelly Joyner Jr., who we've waited to see back in the lineup. He only played four games last season. He's going to line up at the slot today because they're a little short at wide receiver. Well, Sean Atkins is your slot guy, but Kelly Joyner will come in probably second or third possession and be that guy. I think Niam Simmons, the transfer for Wagner, very productive. He can catch anything. He's 
he's going to be a starter. I'm pretty sure if you guys missed our Get Crazy prediction segment in the first half hour of the pregame show, don't miss it next time. But we have predictions. And Joey Johnson, without naming names, said a freshman is going to score twice today. And I'm pretty sure he's talking about Tyree Kelly, number 88. So they're deeper than you think. But also uh, at running back, Naquan Wright, the transfer from Gainesville, Mikey Dukes and Kwan Powell got continuously raved upon by Alex Skolich. In fact, got a scholarship. So I think Wright, number five, is going to be your starter. And Kelly Joyner moves out of the backfield. Jaquan Smith and Yusuf Terry out for this game today at the wide receiver spot as well for USF. Over on the Western Kentucky hmm. side real quick, we talked about their quarterback, but we're talking about Austin Reeves, a guy super. Uh, and he's got maybe the best receiver in the country coming back too, Malachi Corley. Uh, insane numbers, 1,300 yards catching and 101 catches last year. They do probably aim for about 75-25. Everyone preaches balance, but Western Kentucky doesn't even mess around. They know they're going to throw the ball first. Over on the defensive side, the Bulls going to have to get something going up front, Derek. They only had 14 sacks last season. Not going to be enough. Rashad Cheney is back this year. Bernard Gordon is out for this game today, so the Bulls are going to have to get a push, especially on the interior. And we'll see how that Todd Orlando set really lines up because they have what's called the B-backer and the F backer meaning field and boundary Andrew Mataafa is a guy listed as possibly being that field backer he's a transfer from Utah Jason Vaughn listed as the B that's a guy that I think is going to be productive in this defense we talked about Austin Reeves on offense for Western Kentucky he's the Conference USA preseason player of the year they have the defensive preseason player of the year in the league as well and Jake was Evans nine sacks a year ago they forced as many turnovers as anyone in the country last season they had 32 of them 19 interceptions as the coordinator for the Bulls you're about to hear from says they always take the advantage take the opportunity they don't drop interceptions and speaking of Joel Gordon the new offensive coordinator for the Bulls had a chance to speak to him just a few days ago you probably can guess where I'm going to start before we get to today's game the connection with Coach Golish to bring you here. I know that you guys worked together for a while at Iowa State. Could you speak about the turnaround there? And uh, did, did you notice him in the corner uh, making some strides towards being a head coach one day? Absolutely right. You know, I, I had some conversations with Coach before, you know, he left Iowa State, and it was, it was clear that he wanted to have an opportunity to, you know, become a coordinator and mm -hmm. – if all things went well there, you know, to, to become a head coach. So it's been really cool to watch watch him from afar, obviously, when I was at in Iowa. But now to have an opportunity to join him and to try to help him, you know, continue to grow, you know, in the situations that we're both in right now. One thing that I've noticed with him is he doesn't seem phased. He doesn't seem like a, a different person, I'm guessing, than the one you work with. And at some point, the the stress of being head coach has got to hit him, but he doesn't show it outwardly. <laughs> no, he's been incredible. You know, from from day one until now, he's worked really hard. You know, even in his time before he was a coordinator, and obviously in the last three years as a coordinator, you know, he was preparing himself for this opportunity to be a head coach. So when he got the job, it wasn't like there was a shock factor of what it's going to take to be organized and prepared and how, how much work it's going to take. So he's been on top of it since day one and, you know, just ha had a really good plan all the way through the last seven or eight months to get us to where we are today. And, and we're going to be ready to rock. And one more before we get to today's game. Uh, you, you're, you've been to Virginia, West Virginia guy, and then to Iowa. Uh, was it an instant like, Let's go, Coach. Or did you have to think about coming to Florida? You know, it's a little warmer down here if you haven't picked up on that. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a decision that I immediately was, you know, drop everything and let's leave, you know, Ames, Iowa. Ames, Iowa was a really special place and still is a special place for myself and my family. We had, you know, two kids that were born there, and it was my first opportunity to work in Division One football. And it turned into a seven-year experience that it's been unlike any. So, you know, really the opportunity to get back with Coach Golish and have an opportunity to 
progress in my own personal career and to give our family a chance to be somewhere where it was warm there was definitely <laughs> there, de- there definitely were a lot of talking points where that was a, a a big plus for all of us but we're super excited to be here let me warn you in the winter it gets into the 30s here you're gonna freak out uh, now people are waiting to hear about quarterback could you just discuss the group i know you saw bohannon at iowa state uh, i actually played in waco which looks like an interesting game but sort of run down your group Absolutely. You know, Gary is uh, Gary's like the the guy that has been there, done that. You know, he's had a chance to grow throughout his career, and his career's obviously been longer than everybody else. So he's been a part of, you know, maturing on the field, off the field, and getting experience and going through injury and having championship seasons, and he's seen it all. So, you know, his – his experience has been invaluable to everybody in that room because they're way different in the experience role. So they're young, you know, the the rest of the group. Obviously, Byram had a chance to, you know, get some playing time last year as the way things worked out. And that will be, you know, critical for him as he moves forward in his career just to have that experience. But all of the guys... Byram, Bryce, Gary, Ryan, Izzy, these guys, they enjoy coming to the building every single day and being part of this program and trying to get better at playing quarterback. So it's been a really easy job for me to teach these guys. They they want to be coached and they want to learn how to win and they want to be able to have success. So they've been incredible in their work ethic and we got a long way to go still, but you know, they're they're chomping at the bit. I think we all are as we wrap it up. Describe your mood. Uh, not just being able to see the offense on the field yourself, for the fans to see the same. I can tell you're ready to go. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, we we told the players earlier in the week that they've really worked hard and have really done all the things that we've asked them to do in terms of, you know, buying in. And I'm really excited for them to get out there on their own in this offense and and to see what happens. And I'm sure it's not going to be perfect, but I'm excited to really, you know, see those guys compete against another team. Awesome. Best of luck. Thanks, Coach Gordon. Thank you. And, of course, that was just a couple days ago, and that's why we were being purposely a little generic on quarterback because the announcement hadn't been made. If you're just tuning in, this is Derek Sharp, and it is Byron Brown starting today with Gary Bohannon still having slight situations with that shoulder. You're going to hear my chat with Todd Orlando in less than – 20 minutes from now, we'll get Sam Barrington's thoughts, a new segment we are calling What is Sam Thinking? And really, that's self-explanatory. We'll get what Michael Kelly is thinking. He'll be joining Jim Lauk in just a couple of minutes. In fact, when we return on the pregame show presented by Florida Blue, this is the South Florida Bulls Radio Network. Welcome back to Bowling Green, Kentucky. Bulls and Hilltoppers about 40 minutes away from kickoff. Time to visit with USF's Vice President of Athletics, Michael Kelly. Michael's down on the field today as we prepare for this game. Michael, it's been such a long road from hiring of Alex Golish to this day. Months and months of work. What has impressed you the most about Alex Golish as he prepares this team for this season? Well, what I probably like most about him is true to his saying about being who you say you are and, and who he said he was in the interview process is stay true to this all not nine-month journey together. He uh, he has a work ethic unlike few I've ever seen before. He loves these kids, but he's hard on these kids. He tells them up front what they're going to believe in. And it's these real authentic relationships and this tireless work ethic that I think is uh, what we need, what he brings, and what uh, we're looking forward to his uh, his administration. We have so much to get to, not enough time to do it, but I want to go around the department really quickly as well if we can. Let's talk about volleyball first. What a great event to start the season with some top teams coming in to challenge the Bulls, playing downtown, great crowds, great participation. That was really something. It was incredible. We're, we're glad to play as uh, the host institution for this year's Final Four for NSA Volleyball. And part of that with our great partnership with the Tampa Bay Sports Commission was to bring an event like that to us, having a chance for our women to have a chance to play two top 20 teams. A great test. We took uh, the Gators to the limit but had uh, record-breaking crowds at the Gangling Center, and I hope that bolsters us to uh, 
uh, a great season, give us that kind of competition to get ready for conference play. And then obviously, uh, you know, we want to lead the American in attendance in, in all sports, but uh, great to do it in volleyball as well. Volleyball in action right now, by the way. They defeated Mercer 25 to 14 in the first set, tied 18 to 18 in the second set. That taking place in Tampa right now. Lots of soccer. It's uh, the fall season, so that means a lot of fun at Corbett Stadium. This is kind of a, a bittersweet year for Denise Schilty Brown moving on to a great opportunity. We're going to miss her, though. We will. She's obviously established our program to be the uh, standard in our conference and one of the best in the country, consistently in the top 25 over her tenure. Uh, so we're sad to see her go. We're grateful that we have her for this season. We she was very upfront throughout our uh, relationship over the past five years. To the only thing we'd probably ever take her away from here would be a pro opportunity, and for one to come up and to come right here in Tampa, where she doesn't have to move, you know, became a no-brainer for her. So we're happy for her, but we want to go out in style, and uh, we're playing obviously a tough game tomorrow when we play number two Florida State. But that's all again, all about getting ready for conference play when when all matters, getting ready for the uh, for the run to the NCAA tournament. Basketball around the corner. Got a great looking women's team coming back, and we've got a fresh new start on the men's side. Tell us about the new head coach. Yeah, you know, our Tampa Bay's home for hoops is, is, is a real thing, and, and Jose's program has continued to reload, and we've got a great team solidified to be another top 25 team and run to the top of the American. And Amir Abdurrahim, uh, I love the staff he's built. I love the culture he's building with our players. A lot of new faces, but they're uh, they're always together when I see them on campus. They're excited to work out together, and uh, we can't wait to get them get them started here in the very near future. Final question, a new way to follow the Bulls. I got to give you credit. Even I can figure out how to use this thing. The new this is USF. Loud proof. Yeah, this is loud you've proof. finally done it. I know how to work this. <laughs> Tell us about the new app and what it means to Bulls fans. Well, that's the best uh, That's the best uh, testament you can give right there, Jim. You and I have been together for 25 years now, and uh, to know it's there. No, uh, really pleased with our external crew to work really hard to make a nice, fresh look to our, our app. Uh, obviously, just has it. we want to make it as efficient for our fans to have everything at their fingertips for tickets, for donations, for information about all of our different sports. It's right there, so go out and get that US, USF Bulls sports app. It's going to make your life a lot easier. All right, Michael, thank you. It's great to be back. We'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, thanks for everything, Jim. Look forward to seeing everybody out at Raymond James for the next three weeks after this, so let's go Bulls. Florida A&M next Saturday. Michael Kelly, Vice President of Athletics. Stay with us more to come. Defensive Coordinator Todd Orlando is coming up. And what is Sam thinking? We're going to find out after this timeout. The pregame show continues from Bowling Green on the South Florida Bulls. Network. We'll get you back to Western Kentucky now. New segment in the pregame show. What is Sam thinking? Guys? Well, this could be my favorite segment I've ever done. What is Sam thinking? My friend Samuel Barrington. I get to ask him some questions. I was thinking about starting with state capitals, but I'm going to go right to football. Sam, we got about 34 minutes before kickoff for these players as they get ready for the season opener with a new coaching staff. What do you think these players are thinking right now as the season is a half hour away? Joey, it's, it's you know, it's it, I guess it's kind of contradictory because you spend the entire right training camp training right for this for this team and these guys were looking at Western Kentucky material back during the spring right so you you, you if anything you think this is the game you should be most prepared for but to be quite honest with you during my time playing the game it was actually the worst game because you got to get those funnies out you got to get the nervousness out and I think obviously these guys want to come out and show the world who they are but it's that component that sits subconsciously inside of you that you can't necessarily control. And it doesn't come out of you until you get that first contact. If you're a receiver, until you get that first catch. If you're a running back, until you get that first carry and that first first down, and you're like, all right, the season is back. So I think these guys desperately want to get that first feel outside of playing against each other for these past, you know, several months that they've had to gruesomely kind of get through beating up their teammates. Sam, with all new coaches and, I don't know, more than 50 new players on this team, how does it become a team? How quickly can it be a team? Will we see a team today or will we see mistakes for the first game? What do you think? How does it come together? 
You know what? I, I think it could go either way. And tr to me, you know, and I think a lot of people might disagree with me, but to be honest with you, I don't think game one is a true indicator of where a team really is because I think you come in and you can do your best and some teams get lucky. They put it all together. But we've seen teams that, you know, <laughs> go on and win the conference championship and then game one, they go, I think we should just go out and look for the small things. How polished are these guys? How disciplined are they? You know, if you come out and this team has 20 penalties today, then that's a real concern. But guys are going to drop balls today. You might see a few fumbles. You might see some missed tackles. The team who's going to win this game is obviously the team who has less in each one of those categories. So this program has, has had trouble winning the last few years. If they can win this game on the road, what could it mean? psychologically if you come out of here with a win and you got the rest of the season ahead of you yeah I mean I think that's a great thought process but psychologically if you want to if you want to be a front runner yeah this game means something but to be quite honest with you on the grand scheme of things I mean on the grand scale it means nothing you want to come out you want to go one and oh today put this game behind you be prepared to go one and oh next week does it heal all all the things that have happened these past few seasons no does it mean anything for the future going? No, but it would be great not only for these players, for this coaching staff, Coach Golish, to go get his first win as a head coach under his belt. That will be vitally important. He has his family watching. He has his old teams watching. It's going to be great for Coach Golish. You talk about what it would mean for the coaching staff, camaraderie, and, and, and a sense of, you know, togetherness. It would be important for this coaching staff. And obviously they feel good of having to put all this time in. They just met each other. For them to go out and win a game, it would mean a lot to those guys. And then for the players, obviously, you want to do it for your teammates. It gives you something to go into next week with a little bit more conf uh, confidence with. But again, this program has a long way to go before it's completely turned around. This is just step one. Quick final question, Sam. What vibes do you get from being around Alex Golish? What kind of feel do you have for this guy as a head coach? You know what? Thank you for asking me that. If you didn't ask me, I would have had a bone to pick with you a little later. You're a big guy, so I probably wouldn't have got far. But, Joey, I think he's the right guy for this job. And, and he just it just feels right when you're beside him and you're talking to him. He says all of the right things, but you know what? I feel like I'm looking at a man in his eyes who is about his business, and that's one of the things that you appreciate when you're playing this game. You got a lot of people in this game. You know, when things are going great, yeah, they're around. But when things aren't, going great they're the first to tuck their tail and I don't see Alex Golish to be one of those guys I, I think beyond anything the most important component is his team believes in him you know with me being an alum I have a pretty uh, interesting experience at USF I get to commentate the games I get to be around the coaches a little bit but the players still trust me enough where they might share something with me and these guys love their coach and I hope they go out and play for him. All right, guys, that's our first What Is Sam Thinking segment. We'll do it again next week. Guys, back to you. All right, thank you very much, Joey. You know, every time I would get home from a pregame or from a game, my kids would, first thing they would ask me, what, what, what's Sam thinking? Well, now we know on a week-to-week -week basis. So, Joey, we appreciate that. Uh, Bulls gave up 516 yards a game last season. That's one of the reasons why they have a new defensive coordinator. Derek catches up with new defensive coordinator Todd Orlando. Coach, I know it's been a while, and you're ready to roll with your unit, but, you know, there was a long process to get it to today. Uh, was the beginning of camp, beginning of even going back to the spring, just about finding out what you had and then going from there? Yeah, it was. Um, came in, just probably assessed everything that went on last year, dove into a little bit of the film, um, tried to be as open-minded as possible about, you know, um, what guys did uh, in the past. Uh, challenged them early on, tried to get things um, internally right. I think that was probably the biggest thing. Not worry about the X's and O's, but just accountability and bringing guys together. I know I said that early in the spring, but that was the truth. That's all we really worked on. Mm -hmm. And then as we went into fall camp, it was just trying to figure out exactly who could do what and just making sure that um, if we're going to ask them to do something, they had the skill set to be able to do it and try to find our best 11. If somebody could do something well, that uh, find them a role on the team and keep them motivated throughout practice and just create competition. That second part is very interesting and more pertinent to today, but the getting people to buy in uh, thing at the beginning and accountability, the word you use, is there a time when you see that that is kicking in with the team and, and, and what is, how does it reveal itself? Yeah, you know, when you kind of explain in the bigger context about, you know, during plays, I think that's, you know, things don't change. Like normally what you do outside of football and, 
um, you're either reliable or you're not, whether people can trust you or not. And during every play, it's trying to get this is the beauty of football is you're trying to get 11 guys to do exactly what they're supposed to do at the same time. And it's a result of winning a play or losing a play. And I think the guys are understanding that, um, you know, there is a certain type of feeling when you let people down. And I think we're getting to that point. And that's even outside of football, where if you let a unit down, if you do something that brings some heat on some other guys or actually affects the whole team, I think guys are understanding how, how that uh, rolls in. And, and really, it's like life. You know what I'm saying? It's like you, you if you're late for things, and you might, you might get a second shot. But if you're late multiple times, you'll probably get fired. So, And I always bring up the from a standpoint of what if you're the boss or whether you're the CEO of a company and you have people that uh, aren't doing things the right way, how, how would you respond to that? And I think they're starting to buy in that they all need each other to have success. And uh, everybody has to trust everybody. Everybody has to know that each other is going to do their job at a high level. Uh, one reminisce question because it's about today's game, but uh, you were at UConn when South Florida was doing big-time things. So you've seen it. Uh, what do you recall about those days? Because I'm sure Bulls fans wouldn't mind hearing what it was like for an outsider, and doesn't that make you think that you know it could get back to that? Yeah, I've said this before. You know, That's how I remember this place is um, you just had athletes all over the place, and they played so hard. And they roughed you up, too. They were physical, um, got after the quarterback. But I know when you ran the football, there was, you know, 11 hats to the ball. If the ball went out to the perimeter, I think they were stingy, especially on the outside. I remember the great corner play um, that they had where it was really, really hard that people would just go up in your face and challenge you. It was really hard to get open. And I remember the guys up front, the guys up front were were pros. You know, they get after the quarterback. They were stout. They had an edge to them. That's how I remember South Florida defense. And I can tell it in, in your countenance that you are excited to be back here. Now, most coaches on this staff have at least some sort of tie with Golish. It seems like you witnessed what they were doing at Iowa State. What was the connection that brought you here to him? Well, I think we're, we're kind of one and the same um, personality-wise, um, kind of the way that we view the game. Um, He's an ex-backer, whether or not he has an offensive you know, mindset and all that stuff. He really <laughs> is deep down in his heart. Right. But um, we competed against each other at Iowa State. But I think it came down to some of the things that when we went out and recruited, I know I bumped in him quite a bit. And I can always remember how hard and detailed and thorough he was recruiting-wise. And um, I think that was probably the biggest connection. I think he looks at me, and I look at him the same way as guys that are like, you know, they grew up in the game, they understand the game, there's a certain way to go about the game. There's a certain type of work ethic you have to have to be successful, and I think that's really the connection. That's awesome to hear. And then last thing, hey, this is your last game, right? As a, as yeah. a DC, this offense that's pretty similar, I'm sure. Tell people what to expect. Well, they're they're wide open. They're going to go fast. Um, they're going to throw the ball out, get people in space. Um, the one thing I know, Coach Helton, um, they're going to want to run the football too, so they want some balance off of that, but the quarterback is extremely accurate. Uh, great story. You know, a kid that a lot of people had an opportunity to recruit, went there, stayed loyal to those guys, and their slot receiver, Corley, is a, is a heck of a ball player too. So um, they just try to stay as balanced as possible, but go up-tempo and try to get people in space and let their playmakers make plays. Hey, thanks for the time. Best of luck today, Coach. Appreciate you. Getting you even more ready for the game. How are they going to make victory possible with USF help? It is possible, Derek, as myself, Jim Lighthall, and Joey Johnson will break down for you now. Joey live inside the stadium in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Joey, the Bulls are going to have to put some pressure, I think, on West Virginia quarterback Austin Reeves. They can't allow this guy to sit back there all day and pick him apart. No, they certainly can't, and this is a theme throughout the season for the Bulls. The Bulls have had a lot of trouble putting pressure on quarterbacks for a few seasons now. The sack totals have been way down. They've got to go way up. The, the Bulls have got to disrupt things, or Austin Reed will pick them apart, as you said, and that would be maybe the most encouraging thing we can see today if the Bulls can mount a pass rush and make Austin Reed's life a little more miserable. That would be a positive step forward. With the hiring of Alex Golish, everybody was talking about the offense, but my second key for this game today is on the defensive side again. The Bulls are going to have to get off the field on third down. They allowed their opponents to convert 50% of third downs last season. And then, Joey, on top of that, 14 times when they did get the stop, they allowed the team to convert on fourth down. They have to get off the field today. Absolutely, and I think the statistic you just referenced 
you can almost take that back to first and second down because I think so many of those third down situations for USF opponents the last few years have been a very favorable down and distance situations and very convertible. The Bulls have got to make it third and 10, third and 11, those kind of situations which were really hard to come by in the past few years. So you got to start it on first down and make them very uncomfortable and, and get away from these third and three, third and twos. That's what's killed the Bulls. Joey, we made the announcement at the very top of the broadcast that Byron Brown will be the starting quarterback today. He's going to face a, West or a Western Kentucky defense that was middle of the pack last year. They gave up almost 400 yards per game. This team can be had by the USF offense. It can be had, but the Bulls have got to take care of the football. The thing about Western Kentucky last year, they gave up a lot of yards, but they led the nation in takeaways with 32. And that's the key on both sides of the ball for the Bulls. They've got to take the ball away on defense, and they've got to protect the ball on offense. And they, and they get in the red zone, they've got to punch it into the end zone and not settle for field goals. So the yardage totals may be a little bit uh, distracting. What they've got to do is, is punch it in and, and, keep, and take care of the ball. Really good point, Joey. The Bulls need to do those things today to make victory possible. Presented by USF Health, ranked as the nation's fastest rising medical school for research and primary care over the past decade by US News and World Report. Joey will have the call of the game along with Sam and Jim coming up at 3.30. Next, we will hear from the new USF head coach, Alex Golish. That's next. Welcome back to Bowling Green, Kentucky. Bulls first visit here since 2009. It's the Bulls and the Hilltoppers coming up in time for our weekly visit with head coach Alex Golish. Coach, it has been a lot of work over the last eight or nine months for you and your staff. Now you're on stage. How does it feel? Yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting to see what these guys do without the coaches on the field and, and just them. It'll be, it'll be really fun to see how they attack the next 60 minutes. When you took this job, I'm sure you did a lot of research, and I'm sure that you knew that this was a major rebuild. Can you summarize the successes you've had over the last few months? Are you satisfied with the progress of this program as you enter game one? Yeah, I think in a lot of ways the biggest, the biggest thing we had to attack was the roster and rebuilding what we had to get done. Um, you know, we, we added a ton. Uh, we went and attacked it in the portal, went and attacked it in high school. Um, more than anything, I think in a lot of ways, we added by by getting rid of some guys that we didn't feel like fit what we were trying to build. And so I think what you see is a, is a team that's hungry, a team that's bought into what a real standard looks like. And the end result will be what the end result is. It'll all be a result of what our process has looked like over the last eight months. And I'm really comfortable with where that is. We got to grow. We got to continue to grow. But I'm comfortable with the fact that they're ready, they're hungry, they've worked extremely hard to prepare themselves for what's to come, which is going to be adversity, and how they overcome it will define who we are. You've talked a lot about finding guys who love football, and that on some levels kind of feels like a given, but it's really not, is it? You've got to find guys that have that joy and enthusiasm out there every day. Yeah, what we ask these guys to do in modern college football is is more than it's ever been, you know, with what we're allowed to do with them in the summer now, with, with how we demand of their time. Uh, you know, there's other things that go into their time now with NIL and, and these this brand building and all these things that didn't used to be a part of the game. And so their time is precious, and you've got to love and enjoy what you do because the 20 hours the NCAA gives you – um, is just enough to get through practice and meetings, but to go in and actually prepare for a game, these guys got to put a lot of time in on their own. If they don't truly love the grind part of it, it it's always going to be a struggle, but it's certainly going to be a struggle in our program. And, and I feel like we found 117 guys that are that. We're continuing to look for guys that are that. Daily challenges continue to question each one of them if that's really what they are. But, but I feel like we've got the right mindset in terms of a bunch of guys that love ball. You are on the sideline today, and you haven't done that in five years. Are you excited about that? It's got to be a really different feel with the emotion and everything going on right there. Yeah, you know, I've always, I've always felt like I've got to be the calm in the storm. So no matter what emotions are going on, I've got to be the steadfast, calm uh, leader that I feel like I've always been. Um, certainly emotion tied into it, certainly 
the fact that there's a lot of moving bodies. I'm used to <laughs> sitting and, and uh, being able to see it from a long ways away, but I'm excited to get back down there. I'm excited to, to see how our guys are, excited to, to be a part of the energy down on the field, and, and I think it'll be exciting. Again, part of a growth process for me, just like everybody else, but, but I feel like I'm prepared and ready, and it's just like the guys. I've, I've had to be on the sideline through fall camp and, and see and make adjustments from the sideline, and we've replicated that as well. Let's talk a little bit about today's matchup. Western Kentucky has a prolific offense, opportunistic defense, a lot of takeaways. It's interesting that uh, you have some good insight, I'm sure, from Todd Orlando and Kevin Patrick. They both coached against the Hilltoppers last year. What do you see from these guys? Like you said, you start on offense, a, a high-level quarterback that's, that's really, really efficient, uh, really accurate with the football, doesn't make mistakes. You've got a veteran offensive line. Uh, really three guys coming back that were part of that success a year ago, really dynamic with Corley in the slot, uh, really dynamic on the outside at receiver, uh, certainly haven't lost anything in terms of a new offensive coordinator coming in from, a, from an air raid system in Mississippi State. It's going to be a big challenge for us. Uh, they force you to do the same thing we force people to do, which is tackle in space, defend the entire width of the field, and, and run to grass in a lot of ways. The good thing for our defense is they've seen it. Uh, they've they've gone up against it. They've they've played against a tempo offense. I think for for these guys more of a pace than than true really high tempo. But our defensive guys have seen it, have had to line up, have had to adjust. So I think if anybody's prepared, those guys are prepared. Like you said, Todd just saw it. Todd did a good job defensively a year ago in terms of um, in terms of holding him to 24 in regulation and. Um, and then going into overtime, they came up short a year ago. But, but he's seen it. There's Jamie Petway, which who's here, has seen it. So I'm excited for them to have an opportunity to go and really showcase our speed, our ability to get to the football. Um, and then we're going to have to affect the quarterback in a bunch of different ways, and, and it'll be interesting to see how we do there. Defensively, like you said, a lot of takeaways a year ago, actually led the country, gave the offense the ball back, which is absolutely huge. Now, return four guys from that defense. There's a bunch of new faces. They're similar to us. There's a bunch of guys from the portal, a bunch of new guys, transfers. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what it looks like. Um, now, Coach Summers, uh, he's done this for a long time. Uh, he's been there, done that. Um, he's, he's got coaches on his staff that have played against us offensively from Georgia and Ole Miss and Florida. And so I think they're going to be prepared and ready. They're going to have a, a really good plan for the tempo. They're going to have a really good plan for what we do. Um, now, we've also got a really good plan, and so, um, you know what they say, a good plan executed poorly is a bad plan. So for us, it's going to have to be an execution piece. It's still 11 guys, and we're going to try to create one-on-one -on -one matchups and, and get guys in space. And I think whoever honestly tackles better and adjusts to the tempo better is going to have the best chance to win at the end of the day. Coach, we're excited. Thanks for taking time for us. Good luck today, and we'll be looking forward to kickoff in just a couple of minutes. Appreciate it. Thank you. Go Bulls. Let's go. Head coach Alex Golish, we are almost set for kickoff. It's the Bulls in Western Kentucky coming up after this on the South Florida Bulls radio network.